So I got a call from one of our past Wake Tech students, Alexandra Love, who just returned from a two-month study abroad experience in a city called Batumi, Georgia. Not Atlanta, Georgia, Batumi, the Republic of Georgia, over in Europe. And uh, she graduated from Wake Tech a few years ago in criminal justice and went on to UNC and got a Gilman, Benjamin Gilman scholarship to be, uh, be able to go over and study this past summer to a country that I put in the top five of places I've been. I've always wanted to go to Batumi uh, ever since seeing Tbilisi, which is the capital of the Republic of Georgia. Batumi is the travel destination for having fun on the Black Sea, the beach, gambling, casinos, really a beautiful city. So I'd love to go there. So anyway, I, uh, in this podcast of Let's Talk Wake Tech Travel, I talk with Alexandra about her experience in the Republic of Georgia and what it's done for her. So let's get her on the line and hear all about it. Okay, it looks like we have Alexandra on the line. Alexandra, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How about you? Uh, not too bad for uh, the beginning of uh, the fall and the summer with all my trips. I'm looking forward to uh, traveling again around the world. And it sounds like you just had one great trip to one of my favorite countries, the Republic of Georgia. And so I was really happy that uh, you reached out and told me about uh, your study abroad experience. And so um, I guess my first question would be, why the Republic of Georgia and how long were you there? So I was in Georgia for about two months from the end of May to the end of July. And... I applied to study abroad initially in Russia, actually. Wow. All the way back in last October. Um, because I'm part of the Russian flagship program at UNC Chapel Hill right now. And part of our requirement as membership is to do a summer abroad. And so, obviously, with the way things turned with Russia, that was no longer an option. And the other program I had applied to got canceled as well and I was just staying up late at night desperate to find another study abroad program Wow! and I one night I just fell upon this program in Georgia um, it's led by School of Russian and Asian Studies okay and I just applied for it right away I was like thinking that in general, when we think of Russian language and Russian influence, the Caucasus region tends to be neglected a bit. And yeah. I thought this would be a great opportunity to also explore that part of the world because I didn't really know that much about it. Yeah. Well, let's let's um, back up before we get into the actual study abroad, which was just this past summer. So you were a Wake Tech student and tell us about what what you did at Wake Tech, and then you went on to UNC, correct? That's correct. I was at Wake Tech for two years, and I did the career and college promise program while I was still in high school. So 
I dual enrolled in junior and senior year. And after I finished that program and got a certificate in criminal justice, I transferred over to Carolina. And now I'm in my senior year here. So I'm really grateful for my time at Wake Tech because I think it really prepared me for that transition. Yeah, that's great. And so uh, you have how much longer? This is you got one more year and then what? Well, I have this year, and then after that, I'm going to do a capstone year through the Russian flagship program. And basically, what that is, it's just a whole academic year in Kazakhstan. So I'll be starting. Oh, wow. I met uh, a family from Kazakhstan in the Republic of Georgia on our wine tasting tour. And oh, cool. he, he, uh, he invited me and stay at the house and watch the rockets take off. And I would love to go to that country. So tell me specifically what it was like when you landed in your first day in the Republic of Georgia. Did you fly into Tbilisi and spend any time there? Yes, I flew in and out from Tbilisi. Um, although the majority of the program was in Bikini by the Black Sea. But I landed in Tbilisi, and we stayed there for about four days. And I arrived, I think it was four or five in the morning, and there were about four of us um, students from the program that we arrived together on the same plane from Munich. And I think my first impression was that Georgians are crazy drivers, Um, And the streets are just so small in Tbilisi, and they wind between all these buildings. It it was kind of terrifying at first because I'm not used to it, but it's like the lane lines are suggestions and traffic lights are pretty much ignored. So, and I remember one time we went up a wrong street, so our driver just drove backwards like literally down a steep hill yeah. and we were all in the car just looking at each other so it was quite an introduction I think but it was it was very fun and so uh, did you go into the mountains prior to your experience on the city on the Black Sea um, no I had never been on like this area of the world before i had been several times on the other end of the black sea in bulgaria just yeah. because that's where my family is from oh okay um but never on the the east side I yeah guess. i just uh i i went to bulgaria as well that last summer and spent uh, a week there is really incredible the rose shops everywhere i could go on and on about bulgaria that's great yeah that's great i think One of the really nice things about Georgia was that in terms of architecture and kind of this old city atmosphere, it really reminded me of Bulgaria, so it felt a lot like home. Yeah, I agree. So you get to your uh, study abroad city, which was uh, Batumi, right? Yes. I actually, when coming in, I think I might have been on the same flight that you took. I got in at four in the morning and remember looking down and it was completely dark and then saw this city lit up like Las Vegas in Georgia. 
and that had to be Batumi uh, in the dark hours of 4 a.m. So I arrived at 4 a.m. too on a Lufthansa flight, but never made it to that city. Everybody told me I needed to go. What did you think? I really liked it. Um, it's it's definitely more of a touristy city in the sense that there are many kind of restaurants and tourist attractions that you can go to, given that it's right on the Black Sea. And it's actually also a very popular vacation spot for Russians because they have Sochi as a main vacation spot on the sea, but that's really about it. So a lot of them come down to Batumi as well. And that ended up being great for me because the purpose of my study abroad was to study Russian language. So I literally could just pick up a conversation with anyone I ran into. Wow. And it was great. Did you meet a lot of Russians that have uh, left because of what's going on in Ukraine? Yes, I did meet a few, and a lot of them, the ones that aren't vacationing at least, have, like, fled, and they're just working remotely from Georgia now. Yeah. Um, But I remember we also, a friend of um, mine, we met a young man vacationing from Moscow, and we would just hang out. Um, maybe like once or twice a week and do beach calisthenics and it was awesome wow yeah so were you in a university or uh, what was the school like so the school program was called Nova Nova International Language School and it's based in Kyiv um, but we were not studying in an actual university okay this program was supposed to take place in Ukraine, I believe, but they moved it to Georgia with less than two months to spare and had to create the program. So we were studying in this old abandoned building right above a shawarma joint. And (laughs) (laughs) when we got there, it was still under construction. The first week, we did not have any tables. We didn't have AC for a very long time. Um, it was, I think it was quite kind of a Soviet experience in that way. It was very old, but yeah. it was quite interesting. Did you like the food there? I did. It was, it's a bit heavy, I would say. I yeah. don't know if I could live off of it, yeah. but you definitely need to try it if you haven't. Well, um, if they got shawarma shops, that's all you need. Yeah, although the ones we went to weren't that great. Really? But if you go to a nice restaurant, they will make very nice um, shashlik and I, meats there. I'm sure you tried the tikali. Yes. I, I love those. Yeah. I uh, should have watched the video before I went because it's messy. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know how to do it. Yeah. They have a very specific way of eating the tikali. And for those that don't know, they are basically giant soup dumplings. Right. I guess you could think of it in that way. And you have to turn them upside down and hold them by the knob where the pleats are connected. Yeah. You take a bite, you suck out all the juice, and then you eat it. And so you, it definitely can get messy. I think I called it a tin cali. It's a kin cali, right? Yes. There we go. 
Yeah, I tried them twice. They were really good. It's just they were messy. Yeah. I think another very popular Georgian food is kachapuri. Um, I think it's also the national dish there, but no. it's basically a cheese stuffed bread. Yeah, yeah. I and had that. Yeah, if you go to the Ajara region, they have one that's basically shaped like a boat, and then it's filled with, like, eggs and cheese. And I was very honored because we got to go to a local restaurant where they taught us how to make sachapuri. Um, so we got to make our own, and then I ate the whole thing. Wow. I kind of regretted it, but at least I could say <laughs> I ate the whole thing. <laughs> well, that's great. So tell us about, uh, you were a, a recipient of the Benjamin Gilman Scholarship. And um, that is a, a really great way for, and what I heard was community colleges to be able to secure funds for students on a two-week or more program. You use that through UNC? is its own separate scholarship. It's administered by the U.S. Department of State. And if you are a Pell Grant recipient and you go to a two-year or four-year institution, so that would include community colleges, then you are pretty much eligible. Okay. And the goal of the program is basically to expand the number of students who can study and intern abroad, especially those who have a lot of financial struggles um, and wouldn't otherwise be able to study abroad. And how did you hear about it? I heard about it from the study abroad office at UNC. Okay. And so tell, tell everybody if you do receive funds through the Gilman Scholarship, you have to do what on the back end? The main kind of requirement, I guess, is that you need to do a community service project. Um, And that basically just means that you have to somehow share your study abroad experience with the wider public and promote the scholarship as well so that they can encourage more students who are in financial need to study abroad. Okay. Well, I, do you know how long this has been available for students? Um, I don't, unfortunately. But I think it's been around for a while since the early 2000s. Yeah. Well, it's a great thing because so many students in need, let alone don't even know that an opportunity... Uh, is available for them to go to a place like Georgia. I mean, it, it's, and you'll agree with me, this is life-changing. Yes, it, it really is. And it not only expands your own perspective on the world and lets you engage and learn more about other cultures, I also feel like I learned so much about myself. Right. And because you're just in a completely different environment. So right these new aspects of you just kind of develop, and it's really rewarding. Had you traveled, uh, I think you said you did Bulgaria, but it, it, had you gone to 
other parts of the world prior to this experience? Yes, I had previously been to the Amazon in Peru, um, Italy, Israel, and then Bulgaria a couple times. Okay. But this was my first time doing a study abroad program. So I know for a fact that either spring break or summer next year, you will be going somewhere because, or at least thinking about going somewhere because I see it all the time with the Wake Tech groups. Where, where do you think you'll end up? I'm hopefully planning to go to Armenia next summer. Okay. Yeah, I, I miss that because COVID, you know, Georgia was the first country to open to Americans during the height of the pandemic. And um, it was so new that when I drove to DC to go to Georgia, they had no idea about it, that it was even open. The lady never heard of it from United and it was a disaster, but I did make it. And they offered uh, a day trip and a, and a couple day trips down to Armenia. And I signed up for it through a company called Viator but it never worked out because there weren't enough people. So I missed that cross-border day to go into Armenia. So that and Kazakhstan are definitely on my list. Yeah, I know we were we were talking about Armenia so much in our study abroad group. Okay. And I definitely think I want to go there next. Yeah. Wow. I hear there's really cheap flights from Turkey. Fly, then, fly into Ist- yeah, I, I did a bunch of research. Fly into Istanbul for all those countries around Georgia is the way to go. Okay. So um, anything that, I guess, an experience or anything that sticks out um, from this two-month experience uh, while you're over there in Georgia, any side outing, anything at school, any person you met, any story that um, really sticks out as the number one or number two story that you had experience-wise? Absolutely. There is one story that will go down in history. Um, But we, a, a group of students, I think we were eight, we decided to go camping in a rainforest for a weekend. And we did not look up the place beforehand. We just saw pretty pictures in a brochure and thought, let's go camping. So we were very unprepared. Um, We just had tents that we bought from a local hunting supply store, a couple snacks. That was basically it. We didn't have blankets, um, like very unprepared. And apparently we found out after the fact that the place we went to, it's called Mtrala National Park, is not only one of the most humid regions in Georgia, it's one of the wettest areas in the former Soviet Union. Okay. Which means it rains a lot. Yeah. And so while we were there, it was just constantly raining. And, like, some of us, we didn't have any rain gear so we were just soaked, Ooh. and we didn't know if our tents were waterproof. We didn't have tarps. So I think it's definitely a good story experience. Yeah. Um, especially during 
the night because we were all freezing. It was basically like sleeping on the ground because it was just a very thin tent. Um, and it was raining the whole time. So it was <laughs> quite a bonding experience. Yeah. But it's, it's a lot of fun to look back on it. Now, you're, you get back to UNC and, or your, your, your family and your friends uh, come up to you and you're just dying to tell them about Georgia and you see the reaction of um, not only Georgia, the United States, but Georgia, a former part of the Soviet Union. Um, typically, they have little to no interest is that is is was that the case and if it was how did you deal with that i think the most common reaction i got was simply where is georgia okay because they're only familiar with the state yeah and i don't blame them because georgia as a country isn't often talked about so i see it as kind of an educational opportunity because I get to tell them about another great place in okay. the world. And one thing that I personally love bringing up about Georgia is just um, the natural wonders because, yeah. I mean, the Caucasus Mountains are just gorgeous. They're and unreal. They are. And the four deepest caves in the world are also in Georgia. That I did not know. Yes. So I think they're all in Abkhazia, but yeah. they're all out there. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that the mountains were about 2,000 feet higher than the Alps. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think I realized that either. Yeah, I asked the tour guide. I said, uh, we were way out, um, and I don't know what region, but on a wine tour, and you could see these. I, I couldn't believe how tall they were. It was just a stretch of them. And I said, how tall are those? And he said, well, they're a lot taller than the Alps. I had no idea. Mm. But beautiful. And, and I, was just, I was just shocked. And the Georgians, at least when I landed through passport control, the passport lady, and I said this on my own podcast for my experience in Georgia, she said, you're a God's gift to Georgia mm. because of the tourism that they had lost and they needed. So to get a welcome like that was really, really comforting. And then finding a hotel on Freedom Square in Tbilisi called the Marriott, right there window looking out at the Freedom Gold um, statue, and we're looking at 55 bucks a night. Wow. Would have been three, four, five hundred here. So I couldn't have had a better time in Georgia, and I love it, and I want to go back. And um, even looking at creating a uh, two-week study abroad experience for Wake Tech uh, to go along with our Salzburg opportunity we do every summer because Salzburg's expensive. Tbilisi is not. So, no, it's Georgia when you convert it into USD, ends up being very cheap. You can get a loaf of bread for $1. Um, I think the cans of beer were like 33 cents. Um, just for comparison, it's it's very cheap. Yeah. Um, anything else about Georgia or why you would recommend people who never gave study abroad a thought to give it a thought? 
right at the intersection between Europe and Asia gives it this very unique charm and I think that just contributes so much to making this country a unique pocket in the world where there's so much history and so much culture that you can't find anywhere else yeah so it's really quite an out of this world experience if you can truly submerge yourself in it exactly i couldn't have described it any better being a uh, study abroad participant myself a long time ago but um i know the impact and the, uh, you know, dealing, you know, coming back to our culture is tough, too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So appreciate uh, your story, your time. And uh, I guess we are going to work, uh, work together a little bit on you helping uh, get the word out about our study abroad at Wake Tech, which is going to be a big help. So we'll talk a little bit later on that. But I uh, just want to uh, thank you for your time on this and. Wish you a lot of luck getting back to uh, studies at UNC. Thank you so much. It was great to talk with you about Georgia. Why is it that every single student talks about study abroad being the best thing they've ever done? Why is it that every single student says it was life-changing and that it shaped his or her future? Why is it that every student that travels becomes addicted to travel? Why is it that travel motivates students to go to four-year colleges, to travel, to get into international business, to stay in school, to get their master's degree, move to Europe, move to Asia, teach English abroad? Why is it that all these study abroad students have something in common, and that's a passion to travel and see the world? And you see something else from these students that study abroad. You see that they're happy. You see that they're happy planning a trip, being on a trip, and talking about a trip after they've returned. I mean, I have hobbies from flying drones to biking to photography to travel. Not everybody likes drones. Not everybody likes to bike and not everybody likes photography. But it's 100% of people that I talk travel to that travel once that become addicted to travel. I think it should be required that students should study abroad. I think it would help with retention of students. I think it would help solve depression issues that a lot of students have. I think it would propel most, if not all, into pursuing a career where they could make enough money to travel the world. Why is it not mandatory? It should be. <laughs>